Well, good morning. There's a buzz in this room this morning. It's awesome. Well, I get to do announcements today. It's your lucky day. And I want to I want to forewarn you. This is going to be a marathon of announcements. So um, we're going to start with this. This is Cedar Way Week. So. Um, for those of you that don't know, our church partners with Cedar Way Elementary School, which is part of the Edmonds School District, and they identify families that are in need. And then our church, along with a few other community partners and some of the folks at the school, PTA, that kind of thing, provide uh, food and um, other kinds of resources for them that they need. And then they come through and pick those up once a month to just help them get through the month. It has been a beautiful thing that we've been doing for a couple of years now. And this has become a very large thing that goes on at the school. There's, you know, 30 to 40 families that come through every month and, and get stuff. So um, our church provides a huge percentage of, of those materials for them. And if you're interested in giving to that, this, it is happening this Tuesday. Um, and if you're interested, you can just text HELPING to this number, 425-406-3660, and it will send you the link. And then you can see what's been purchased and what's left. And then the way that you would get it to us is right outside of this door, there's some bins right next to the playground area. And you can just drop that stuff in the bins before 10 a.m. on Tuesday. We'll pick that up, get it all sorted out, and get it over to those families. It's been an amazing thing. You guys, you have done, they, they decided to do this thing through the summer this year, which is unheard of because they know they can count on you guys. And um, it's just been such a beautiful way to serve families in our community. All right. Next thing is, are you kidding me? What a great week. I mean, we had 170 kids. We had uh, over 50 volunteers, just the most amazing team working together this year. And it was unbelievable. The ability for us to make connections with families and kids in our community through this venue has just been extraordinary over the years. And I don't know how many years we've been doing it. It's like eight or nine or ten. Um, but just a great week. Uh, with the exception of a small weather delay because of some uh, thunder and lightning on one of the days, we just had beautiful weather. It was nice but not too hot. And so many connections were made. Um, I happened to be coaching this week. I had a group of 16 kids that most of them were, were in the summer in between first and second grade. And I, I know there's other coaches in here, but you guys, my kids were the best. <laughs> they were the best. Um, I had, of my 16 kids, three of them go to Brookview. The other 13 do not. And so, and that's kind of about the percentage and breakdown of families at soccer club. The vast majority do not go to our church. So what a cool opportunity to make connections. Um, and I just love kids. I love working with kids. I love hyping the kids up. We had Rebecca, who, who doubles as a professional photographer. She's our worship leader and professional photographer. She was taking pictures, like class pictures of every class. So I had my kids, you know, we, we gathered and I said, all right, guys, we're going to have, we're going to do our pictures. And they're like, okay. And I said, but before we do that, I have something that's really serious. I need all eyes on me. And they're like, okay. I said, how's my hair? <laughs> and they laughed. And I was like, perfect. That's what I was going for. <laughs> but then I have one little kid, you know, first grade kid, says, oh, actually, 
you kind of have a bald spot. <laughs> well, we're teaching them honesty is telling the truth in. Yes, sir. So we've got a, we actually, we have a video just for those of you that were there. We can celebrate it. For those of you that didn't get a chance to see it, you can get a sense of what it was like. But it's about a five-minute video. It just highlights from this week. So let's, let's check it out. Homegrown alligator, see you later. Gotta hit the road, gotta hit the road. The sun ain't changing the atmosphere, architecture unfamiliar. I could get used to this. Time flies by in the yellow and green. Stick around and you'll see what I mean. There's a mountain top. That I'm dreaming of If you need me, you know where I'll be I'll be riding shotgun Underneath the hot sun Feeling like a someone I'll be riding shotgun Underneath the hot sun Feeling like a someone South of the equator Navigator Gotta hit the road Gotta hit the road. A deep sea diving round the clock, bikini bottoms, lager tops. I could get used to this. Time flies by in the yellow and green. Stick around and you'll see what I mean. There's a mountain top that I'm dreaming of. If you need me, you know where I'll be. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like a someone. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like a someone. We got two in the front, two in the back, sailing along. job and then we have honesty being truthful in everything nice and then we've got grit Grr. not giving up did you guys hear that ring off the buildings <laughs> that was cool you guys and then yesterday we talked about being selfless Selfless is thinking of others first. Yeah, nice. We got two in the front, two in the back, sailing along. Feeling like a someone 
What a week. So uh, this morning I was, I was doing some devotional stuff, and I got an email from somebody, and I thought, well, that's cool. And uh, if you were at church last week, I talked about Pumpkin Day, uh, that my daughter was in, when she was in first grade, the, their class was going to Pumpkin Day. Our family had planned a whole family thing at Disney World, and she wanted, as a first grader, she was so hyped about Pumpkin Day, she's like, I'll find someone for me to stay with so I can do pumpkin day and not go with you guys to Disney World. Anyway, so this morning I got an email from Kate's first grade teacher at the time who happened to watch the message because that first grade teacher, Shelly, has been a part of our church for many years. In fact, Shelly this week at soccer club was Kate's assistant coach all week long. Kate's now 23, and Shelly's like 29. <laughs> and they just did it up. But she, she combed through, and she found a, an actual picture from Pumpkin Day from that year and sent it. She actually sent me a couple, but I, I just wanted to show you guys this one. Um, you can't see hardly anything, but that's Pumpkin Day. <laughs> and they've got treats, so that's... That's really cool. The reason I bring that up is um, what happened that year is that Kate was in that class. Kate had the same teacher, actually, in kindergarten and first grade. And Jen volunteered in the class and got to know her. We became friends. She decided to try our church. And she's been a, a part of this church and a family friend of ours for, for now many, many years. Been to Haiti with us, serves in the kids program, does amazing stuff. And, um, and so what I, what I just want to say is anytime we have the opportunity to build bridges, we, we want to do that. 
right? We, we want to do that. And so coming off of soccer club, some of you weren't able to be there. Many of you were. We do have a, bi- a bridge building opportunity, and it is that we're going to have a kickball at Briar Park on Wednesday, August 24th at 6.30. So what we're going to do is gather, and then Trevor, our, our, our minister of fun, <laughs> the chaplain of joy, is going to... Um, He's going to organize us into a, a parents and kids all together kickball game down at Briar Park. And we did it last year, and several of the um, soccer club families came to that. We're going to invite all the soccer club families. So it would be a great time for you guys to just have dinner. You don't have to play kickball if you don't want to. Some of them are like, I got a titanium hip or whatever. Just <laughs> cheer for people. Uh, but also, uh, it is just a great time to interact with some of the folks that are new. Be friendly, be, be kind, and and. Let's do some love lived, amen? Did it all week. Let's do it one more time and see if we can build some bridges and just have a great time together. So that's what that's all about. Here's how this will work, and this is important. I need all eyes on me. Thank you. What bald spot. So uh, this is not a potluck, okay? This is a you bring dinner for yourself, it's very self-centered. You bring dinner for yourself, and you eat it yourself, uh, and that's it. And then the rest of the night will be kickball and having fun. So last year, we had people that didn't get the memo on that, and they brought, like, a big casserole, and they're, like, to share. And then they're like, well, what else is here? And we're like, nothing. <laughs> Enjoy your casserole. <laughs> so we just don't want any confusion on that, okay? Uh, last announcement that I have is that um, at... As a result of coaching all week long, I decided to not try to speak this morning as well. So we have a guest speaker with us, and I want to tell you a little bit about him. Uh, his name is Ted, and Ted just retired from uh, decades and decades of being a pastor. His last church was in Bellingham, where he was for how many years? 22 years. So, yeah, really good. But... Ted and I are a part of a network of pastors that gather every month, and we pour our hearts out, and he gets the the true stories about you guys in a place that's safe for me to unload that, and it is all good. It's all good. Um, But Ted and I have been to, we've been to Ukraine and Russia together. We did a mission trip there together with Jen and some of those guys, got to know him. And here's what I'll tell you. Um, I I really deeply respect Ted. Um, Ted, you are you're sincere, you are thoughtful, um, you are devoted to Jesus, and you led a church through COVID. And um, I can tell you, for me, it was easy, but for most people, it was not easy. And um, he's been retired only for about a month and hasn't even had a chance to enjoy that because he's had to do some memorials and all kinds of things. So um, here's, here's what I'll say. Um, listen, listen intently. Ted is a little bit more soft-spoken than me. But what he brings is depth. And uh, I have loved having you as my friend. And I have loved just getting to know you all these years. And it's been amazing for me to be able to meet with guys that have been doing this a lot longer than me and have a lot more wisdom than me. And I have learned a lot from you. So um, would you just give him, a, give him a hand as he makes his way up? We'll fire up the video.
have you stand back here just a little bit because okay. the light is designed for that. Oh, that's the green spot. Yes, the green spot. Okay. Good. I haven't come up with that type of music for a while. That was good. <laughs> Hello, my name's Ted. How's my hair? <laughs> ah, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's my privilege to be here. I've been here once before, a few years ago, and I uh, was able to speak. Uh, just need to say that you guys are very fortunate to have uh, Jason and Jen as uh, your leaders. And uh, it's my, my, been my privilege to know them for uh, some years uh, now. I don't know if decades and decades, but close to that. Yeah, it's been close to that. So thank you for, uh, so much for uh, allowing me to come. Uh, let's pray. Father, as we come, uh, I thank you that right now we don't have to beg you to do anything because you want to do what needs to be done. And so, Father, I pray that you do that in my heart and with my abilities and my speaking, that you would do that in each of our hearts, that you take us from where we are to where you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. So I'd like to start off by asking you a question. Why do you want to know God? And following that question, why would you want to be known by God? Why do you want to know God? And why do you want to be known by God? Answering these questions is very important because it is really what our life with God is built upon. The answer you will find is not about us and it's not about our achievements, but the answer is found in who God is and how God sees you. So we're gonna to talk today about being the beloved of God. Uh, I understand Jason uh, spoke about being a beloved of God uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so you can compare what I say with what he says <laughs> and ignore uh, anything that he said that conflicts with what I say. So I want to begin by telling you that you are God's beloved. You are uh, his, he has a special affection for you that is freely given and is beyond measure. It is a love that uh, will always be, and it's a love that can never be broken. It is love that invites you to know God, and it's a love that allows you to be known by Him. It addresses all the brokenness of sin the world and the evil one might bring upon us. Being a beloved of God. God's love is great. God's love is forever. And God has declared his promise, his covenant of love 
in heaven and on earth. And God's greatest sign of this love was that he came from heaven to earth, lived a perfect life, a life of example, and ultimately died being our savior so that we could know him and could be known by him and so that we can know him. Jesus' coming was a declaration of his love and of you being his beloved. Now, the nation of Israel loved to sing about God's love because it's a promise that they always needed to remember. And the Israelites knew how to celebrate, probably better than we knew how to know how to celebrate. Uh, watching that video, there, there was celebration all over uh, those kids' face. And that's the kind of celebration we should have around God's love. It should cause us to celebrate. Uh, look at the words of one of their psalms, Psalm 89. It'll be up on the screen. And uh, verses 1 through 4. And I think I might read it off the screen instead of fiddling with my Bible. Okay? It says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness, known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you've established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make, him, make your throne firm through all generations. God's love is forever. The nation of Israel celebrated that that love would never stop. And it's our great truth to tell of God's love through the generations. That's something that they were really good at. They, they never stopped telling of God's love from one generation to the next, to the next, to next, that it, because it never stops. God's love goes beyond human parameters because it was established in heaven. God's love was established in heaven. It wasn't something that was made up on earth. And God's covenant love was established with the nation Israel, but through Abraham has been a blessing to all nations to me. And this good news of God's covenant love was worth celebrating then, and it's worth celebrating now. It's something we need to sing about. It's something we need to think about. It's something that we need to be overwhelmed by as that one song that we sing this morning, being overwhelmed by the love of God. Now, this past couple years have been hard. Uh, they were the hardest years of my 42 years of being a pastor. Um, because what we had to do in kind of separating from community in a way was really, really hard. We, we had to wear masks to not only protect ourselves, but to protect others. We had to cancel plans and 
community events. Uh, and of the communities that we loved, we had to, for a time, love them at a distance. I have an elderly mother in Utah that I went to visit in the middle of COVID. And she, was in, she is in a retirement home. And I had to go and say hi to her, se uh, separated by a window. And that's as close as I could get to my mom. I put my hand on the window, she put her hand on the window, and it hurt. It hurt that that's as close as we could get. It has been a hard time, but there's one thing that has never changed and will not change, even whatever circumstances in life you might face. And that is that you're God's beloved, that he loves you. I think we need to embrace and we need to celebrate this, especially when life is challenging. Now, uh, 2,000 years ago, times were hard for the nation of Israel. They were living on the edge of starvation and under the rule of an unfriendly nation, Rome. Even the religious system was oppressive. They had the religious leaders that were just watching them, waiting for them to step out of line. And then they were punished. And that's how they were living. And one night, an angel appeared to a young woman. And he told her of a miraculous provision that was going to come. And that he was going to reign forever. Now, we rarely read these verses except around Christmas time, but I want to read a, a few verses from Luke 1 now up on the screen. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now that wasn't just a promise of a Messiah, but it was a promise of the continuation of God's love that they had been singing about through the generations. It has a connection with Psalm 89, that psalm that we read just a bit ago. It's pointing to God's love. It was focused, this announcement of the angel was focused on one who was highly favored, Mary. Now, why was Mary highly favored? We don't know. There's no mention of our, her achievements. It, it said, you are highly favor, favored because the Lord is with you. But do you know what? The Lord is with all of us. She was his beloved, as you are his beloved. God's invitation to us today 
is to sing of his great love for us. To bask in the glory of being a beloved of God, of being his favored ones. You are one of God's favored ones. You can go ahead and tell yourself that as, I'm a favored one. I'm a favored one. You are a favored one of God. As an image bearer of God, his favor rests upon you. So, do you believe that God loves us? You can respond to me. Uh, remember, I, I think uh, it was one of the days at the soccer camp that they said, you're supposed to be honest when? In, in what? In everything. in everything. Yeah, that's what I thought I heard. So, this next question, I need you to be honest. So, do you believe that God really, really loves you? Do you believe that you are his beloved? Knowing, learning, basking in, and, and continued enlightenment into how much God loves you is critical to your spiritual well-being. It has to be there if you are going to have a growing relationship with God. Paul knew how important it was, and he had lived life, a life of hate, before meeting Jesus. You know Paul of the New Testament? Saul, who became Paul. I believe the only thing that allowed him to get past his past was to be known by God and to be known by God by understanding and learning and learning it more each day of how much God truly loved him. How else could you get past his past? Listen to what he prayed as he considered his best hope for the church in Ephesus. It's in Ephesians 1, 16 through 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You sang about that just a bit ago, being overwhelmed by the love of God, having a knowledge that you cannot have unless God gives it to you. That's what Paul was praying for the church at Ephesus. And that's what I believe. If he could only have one prayer to pray for us, is that we would know the dimensions of God's love. How much do you know of this love of God? This love that goes beyond knowing. 
this knowledge that only God can lead you into. My uh, journey into understanding and embracing that I am a beloved of God, frankly, has not been easy. I uh, was raised in Utah, and I was raised in a Christian home, but I was raised in an environment uh, in Utah and in my home where performance equaled uh, a channel, was your best channel to feel as though you were loved. Anybody came from a place like that, go ahead and raise your hand. Boy, you are so fortunate. I didn't see many hands. Uh, were you? Yeah, I see Jason's daughter raised her hand. Um, it's been a lifelong journey to understand and accept that God loves me without limits. I became aware of uh, some of my shortcomings as I was reading this book, uh, it probably was 10, 15 years ago. Uh, Henry Nouwen's book, it's called The Life of the Beloved. Has anyone read this? I encourage you to read it. it it's, uh, he wrote it, Henry Nouwen was a, a Catholic priest, and he wrote this book to a friend of his who was a non-Jesus follower. And he had been talking to him about Jesus, and he was making no headway with him. And so this friend of his said, write something. You're, you're an author. Write something to convince me that what you're saying is what I need. He was a skeptic. He's saying, I, I dare you to write something that would cause me to believe in your Jesus. <laughs> and so Henry uh, Nowen wrote him a letter that turned into a book. And uh, as I was reading this book where Henry Nowen was trying to convince him that he was a beloved of God, this skeptic non-believer was a beloved of God, uh, I was reading this book and I was saying, Henry, no, he's not God's beloved because he hadn't earned the right to become God's beloved. He wasn't performing right, so he wasn't God's beloved. He doesn't deserve this privilege. This was going on in my head and my heart as I was reading this. No, no, this can't be true. But then as I was reading, the Spirit took me to that very short distance of introspection to realize that I didn't deserve the privilege be the beloved of God because it wasn't about deserving it was about being I had to face the truth that I associated God's love with my performance and my works and I felt more loved when I was performing rightly but really that was more about me than it was about God. I was clueless on what it really meant to embrace the fact that I was a beloved of God, that I am a beloved of God. And this has taken me on a, 
a journey of discovery, a discovery of God's grace. It has taken me to the place of confession, a place of submission, a place of mourning, but also a place of thanksgiving, a place of resting, a place of peace, and a place of continued discovery. Let me share a couple stops on this journey of discovery. This was uh, back in the mid-1990s. I was pastoring in San Jose, California, and I was at a conference. And back then, there was something called the Church Growth Movement, and uh, you'd go to these conferences where pastors of very large churches would tell you everything that they did, and if you did everything that they did, then everything good that happened to them would happen to you. (laughs) If you do A, B, and C, this would happen. And so I remember after about three days of this, and my church that I was pastoring then would be considered smaller, and uh, I remember hearing this for three days, and it was in the evening, and I was driving home uh, on Almaden Expressway in my 1968 broken-down Volkswagen, and I was having a real pity party. I was thinking, boy, Swinburne, which is my last name, boy, Swinburne, you're a real failure. Look at these guys and what they're saying and the results, and look at you. Driving in your broken-down Volkswagen down in the midst of these huge mansions to the place... uh, to my very modest home. And in the middle of that pity party, I heard something. I don't know if it was audibly or not, but it came right from God's heart. And it was the words, I love you. I love you. I love you. And a a peace flooded my heart that... uh, I was not familiar with. It was the peace of God. And I cannot say that everything changed right then. And I believed it because uh, I doubted it. But I heard it. Uh, I remember along that journey, I read from the book of Hosea. Anybody read the book of Hosea this week? Okay, the, Hosea was a prophet, and uh, it is a crazy book. <laughs> because God told Ho- Hosea to go marry a prostitute. Can you imagine that? And so Hosea did that. And then he brought her back to his home, and what they were living as husband and wife, and she left him to be a prostitute again. And God said, go buy her from her pimp and take her as your wife once again. And God says, that's the way I love you. 
That's the way. I love you. Wow. So it's not about me. It's about God. Being a beloved is not about me. It's about God. It's about God's pursuit. And it's about God's perfection, not my own. I remember letting that settle in and just being in awe of that. God's love is out of my control. I'm kind of a control freak. I like to be in control. But I can't be in control of God's love. Because I'm a beloved of God. No matter what. I understand just a couple weeks ago, Jason spoke about the song of Solomon or the song of songs. And that intimacy, the drippy kind of love of God. And I just say, amen. And I'm not going to talk anymore about that. <laughs> it makes me blush. <laughs> there's, there's a parable in the New Testament that I've been uh, deeply impacted by. It's a parable of the prodigal son. And uh, you know the story. And the prodigal son going and being stupid. And the dad still looking for him and welcoming him on his return. And then the older brother being a jerk <laughs> and saying, you don't deserve. And uh, I was sitting with that thought and realizing that I'm real good at being the older brother and not very good at being the prodigal and experiencing the love of God. Back uh, about 12 years ago, uh, my dad was nearing the end of his life. We didn't know that yet, but he was. Uh, and I never doubted his love for me, but I rarely heard the words, I love you. Uh, one day, he, he told me, out of the blue, we're having a conversation out of the blue, he said, Ted, I don't know uh, why it's so hard for me to say I love you, but I want you to know I love you. And that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> it was the last time we had that conversation, actually. But I remember when he said it, uh, I went to give him a hug and it was like he was a, a stiff boy <laughs> as I gave him a hug. And then the Lord told me, uh, Ted, you're kind of like your dad. When I try to embrace you, you're really stiff. Because you don't lean into my embrace, and the reason you're not leaning into my embrace is because uh, you think that you have to earn my embrace. But that's not the case. I love you. You are my beloved. 
Now, I don't know where you are on this journey of knowing the unknowable, God's love for you, and living into it. But God loves you. Um, in Psalm 139, there's a passage, one of my favorite passages of the Bible, and at the end of Psalm 139, this is a Psalm of David, there are these verses. Search me, God. This is what David's telling God. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I heard a pastor preach on this, and he said, this is the most courageous thing that David ever did in his life, is praying that prayer. It even beats the Goliath, David and Goliath thing. And I was saying, yeah, because, boy, I don't want to pray that prayer to God. <laughs> Can you imagine God Almighty saying, God Almighty, come and know me and search me, and show me where I'm blowing it. I mean, that's terrifying to me. <laughs> but if you read the first part of Psalm 139, it gives insight into why David would pray a prayer like that. David is a man of God's own heart. He was declared as that, but he was a guy who wasn't perfect by any stretch. But he was one who was submitted, and I think David was really good at leaning into God's embrace. Because in the first part, those first verses of Psalm 139, David is thankful and acknowledged that he's fully known by God. That there is nowhere he can run from God, that God is fully pursuing him, that God knows all of his days, the beginning and the end. And it even says that God knows, David said, God knows my thoughts before I even thinking, I even think them. And all those thoughts are numerous and overwhelming and comforting and inviting and, and raw and welcoming and forming. And, and it takes David to a place of wanting to be more fully known by God. So he could pray a prayer like this. Because he knew that he was the beloved of God. The invitation that he gives God in these verses, verses 23 and 24, they are not courageous words. They are words that a beloved says to one that loves them. Because they are being said in a place that is safe, that is honest. And what about honesty? In everything, okay. It's a place of honesty. It's a place of acceptance. And a place of love. When we accept that we are God's beloved and lean into his embrace. That is a place 
That is a place where God does what only God can do. I want to end by uh, reading a bit from this book, The Life of the Beloved. And the first part of what I'm reading is his reflecting on Psalm 139. Uh, this is what God is saying to David. I've called you by name from the very beginning. You are mine and I am yours. You are my beloved. On you my favor rests. I have molded you in the depths of the earth and knitted you together in your mother's womb. I have carved you in the palm of my hands and, and hidden you in the shadow of my embrace. I look at you with infinite tenderness and care for you with a care more intimate than that of your mother, the mother for a child. I've counted every hair on your head. No jokes there, please. I've <laughs> counted every hair on your head and guided you at every step. Wherever you go, I will go with you. And wherever you rest, I will keep watch. I will give you food that will satisfy all your hunger and drink that will quench all your thirst. I will not hide you, my face from you. You know me as your own, as I know you as my own. You belong to me. I'm your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your lover, and your spouse, yes, even your child. Wherever you are, I will be. Nothing will ever separate us. We are one. Then he writes, every time you listen with great attentiveness to the voice that calls you the beloved, you will discover within yourself a desire to hear that voice longer and more deeply it is like discovering a well in the desert. Once you've touched wet ground, you want to dig deeper. I've been doing a lot of digging lately, and I know that I'm just beginning to see a little stream bubbling up through the dry sand. I have to keep digging because that little stream comes from a huge reservoir beneath the desert of my life. The word digging might not be the best word, since it suggests hard and painful work that finally leads me to the place where I can quench my thirst, perhaps all we need to do is remove the dry sand that covers the well. There may be quite a pile of dry sand in our lives, but the one who is so desires to quench our thirst will help us remove it. All we really need is a great desire to find the water and drink from it. Do you desire the water of the life of the being the beloved of God? I do. And the invitation is this. From the very last chapter of the last book of the Bible, the invitation from God is, come, whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And this is the life of the beloved. There's a, a, a song uh, that my mom taught me when I was very young. You all know it. It goes, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. And the chorus goes, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. 
yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> but we're going to recite it together as a poem. And where it says me, I want you to say your name, okay? So this is our response. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves Ted. Yes, Jesus loves Ted. The Bible tells me so. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, uh, I pray that you'd come and speak deeply to each of our hearts right now. That uh, you would show us your love and that you would show us the roadblocks that we put up that separate us from your love. And I'd just like to give you a moment of silence right now just to listen and respond to what you're hearing. Now as we go into worship, I encourage you to lean in deeply to the embrace of the Father.